just pray. We're going to continue and hear the word this morning. Father, I thank you that, um, as we've already heard, you're our good shepherd. I thank you that you're present. Lord, we don't rely on ourselves to kind of, um, to do anything. We're just here, Lord, and asking you to move, asking you to bring faith where it's needed, light, the entrance of your word bringing light. Let there be light this morning, we pray, in our hearts. And Lord, I pray that we will listen attentively like we've heard. Incline our ears so our soul will live. Thank you for the the life that has already flowed in worship to us. But Lord, we ask for more of that life to be released as we hear your word and respond to what you're saying. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, would you, uh, if you have a Bible, a phone, you can look at it on the screen. I think the scripture's going to come up. This morning, I um, just have a, hopefully a fairly short message, uh, less than two hours. (laughs) Uh, I have a short message, I believe, that God wants us to respond to. And it's a message on grace. Grace. Grace is a wonderful word. Some people call their kids grace, and I think that's a great name, because it actually means, uh, biblically, grace means the unearned, undeserved favor and blessing of God, and much more. It means the power of God, where you're weak, he then gives you grace to be strong. Where you're lacking in wisdom, he becomes your wisdom. So grace is so much more than unearned and undeserved blessing. It just speaks of all the goodness of God poured out over you. And last weekend, in the ministry, I had a vision of oil being poured out on people's heads. And three minutes before I spoke out what I was seeing... Three seconds, sorry, not minutes. There's grace. Three seconds. Well, Pastor Andrea said, I see a huge pot of oil, golden oil, being poured out on the church, on everybody. And this is speaking of a, such a fresh outpouring of grace. Now, we know God always wants to pour out his grace, but it becomes an emphasis when the Spirit says something. Because when he says something or communicates something, it means he wants to do something new in your life and in mine, in the message of grace, in the ministry, in the power of grace. So grace isn't tied to performance. Isn't that great news? It's all down to God's gift that he gave in his Son, in accomplishing all that we will ever need in Christ. And that grace then, God wants to give. Now we are saved. You'll know Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, we're saved by grace through faith. And even that is a gift from God. So you can't save yourself. That's why Jesus is the saviour of the world. No other religion has a saviour. Every other religion is a religion of works. Christianity is the good news of God's grace. God saving us through faith in believing in what Jesus has done for us. Not what we do, but what he does and has done already for us in his death and resurrection. He has completely provided everything you will ever need. Isn't that mega? That God himself has done everything that you will ever need and it's already accomplished for us in Christ. But I want to know, if it's not tied to performance, I want to know how this grace is going to work. And if we're going to have a fresh outpouring of grace on the church and on your and my lives, which I'm happy for, are you? More favor, more blessing, more power, 
more of the goodness of God. How many of you would like a whole lot more of that happening? I would definitely want that. And I want it for you. And I want it for, for the church. But I also want it because I believe a, a fresh outpouring of grace will impact the whole world around us. So I don't believe it's to stop here. I believe God is so generous, he wants to flow through us to meet the needs of the world around us. But I want to know how this is going to work. Now, some of you will be sitting there, well, it's by faith. And it's true, because God doesn't work where there isn't faith, a relying on him to do it. And that's, that's actually a way to receive grace is through faith. And some of you might be sitting there saying, hang on, I've already got all I ever need because Jesus has already given it to me. Well, that's true too. You have already received all you need for life and godliness. But the Bible speaks about a, a truth here, and I want to really hammer in on this, that you can have more grace or less grace working in your life. You can have less grace or more grace. And we're going to read 1 Peter chapter 5, verse, no, yes, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 6. And this, if we could say this is the beginning of a new move of grace in your life, I think it's really important we hear this. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. So we see here, he gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. So if we are to receive more grace, it's connected to humility. God gives grace to the humble. And so where there isn't humility, God isn't going to release grace in our lives. So there is more grace or less grace. How many of you have met people that have got stacks of grace? They're very gracious. They're always generous. They're always a kind. There is a generosity about them because God has worked grace in them. And you will also know you've met people who are proud. And you will have known when you're proud in your own life. Is anybody... Can you admit that? That actually you say you're right when you're wrong. You force your own way and uh, you're actually very difficult to get along with. Proud people are very difficult to get along with. And it actually says God doesn't relate and give into the life of a proud person. But he gives grace to the humble. Now, humility is not low self-esteem. It's not having a low self-esteem, an unworthy, oh, I'm so unworthy attitude. Humility is essentially accepting what God says and what he has done for us. Humility takes the I out and puts Christ in. That's why Paul was humble when he said, not I, but Christ who lives in me. So he wasn't focused on himself, he was focused on the Lord. And he said, let anyone who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. Not in what you're doing, not in what a church does, not in what an individual's done to achieve something. Let us all boast in the Lord. You know, even the gifts you've been given, your intelligence, if you can sing, uh, if you're really good at something, it's because God already gave it to you. You've got very little to boast about. Because God is the giver of every good thing. And so pride always says, look what I did. Humility always says, look at what he did. And look what he has done. 
And it's a dependence which also includes an obedience to the Lord. A humble person, in God's eyes, will be an obedient servant. Jesus, um, he actually said to his disciples, I am among you as one who serves. I am among you as one who serves. Now this is the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, who became man and dwelt amongst people and he had his disciples around him and he was actually teaching them that the greatest are the servants among you, not those who strive for position or for success in their own mind. And Jesus said, I am among you as one who serves. Serving is actually the greatest thing that you can do to attract the grace of God. If you want to be a recipient of grace, be a servant. I'm one who serves among you. Jesus talked, didn't he? He taught on um, pride and humility. And he said that, that if you go into a, a, a setting and you take the top position because you think you deserve the best place, be careful because somebody even better might come in and you be put down and be put to shame. But he said, don't do that. Take the low place and God will raise you. And God has never changed the way he works. He always raises the humble but he actually puts down the proud. I remember growing up, I used to have a play the game, Snakes and Ladders. Has anybody ever played the board game, Snakes and Ladders? And it's like God promotes you when you're humble. It's like the ladder. God is a God who promotes. But actually, he opposes the proud. And you land into a place where actually down you go. So I'd rather humble myself than be going down that snake. Because the humble will be exalted. Jesus, he became obedient to death. He became a servant. And God then raised him. He took the lowest place and God has raised Jesus to the highest place. And it is a kingdom principle that humility is the most attractive thing for God's grace to begin to flow to you. And Peter says, humble yourselves. People can um, ask God to humble them, but that's not how you do it. Because prayer is inviting God to do something. Whereas the Bible says, it's you that need to humble yourself. So it's something you do. You actually uh, say, I'm, I can't pray about this. I need to become a servant and then... God will actually work grace, a fresh grace in my life. Moses was known. It's not a weak life. It's a powerful life. Moses was known as the most humble man on earth. And uh, he started life actually quite full of himself because he thought he could fulfill the purpose of God in his own strength. And he, he, he killed a guy in Egypt. And he tried to force the destiny of God. And uh, it took 80 years for him to get to a point where he said, I can't talk, I can't do anything. It's not a, I don't think I can be what who you, you're asking me to be, Lord. And God raised him. And he saw plagues. The plagues in, in Egypt were phenomenal miracles. God used Moses to open the way, the, the Red Sea the most amazing miracles through his humility. And I love it what it says in Exodus 33. Do you remember when he's having this conversation with the Lord and he said, Lord, unless you go, I'm not going. That's humility. It waits, humility waits for God to lead it's a life being led. It's a life under leadership where you're not saying, I choose this, God bless what I'm doing. Moses says, basically, I'm not going if you're not leading me. I'm not going without a word from you because my life is only going to work 
because of your presence and because of obedience to your will for my life. It's the only place that you see the grace is in obedience to the Lord. And Moses knew this. This was the secret. He was humble enough to take whatever God was saying and to put it into practice. And when you do that, then you will begin to see a flow of power. A flow of power. There are laws, aren't there, naturally, where power flows through things. Um, If I was to wire my house uh, with copper wiring, then there would be a flow of electricity as long as I wired it correctly. And the electric electricity would flow through to the point where I needed it, whether it was light or heat or I need my phone charging or whatever it is, power for life. If I have electric wires running through my home, I can switch things on and it work. But what if I defied that law and decided it was too expensive, copper is expensive, I'm going to put wool around my house. And I buy a ball of wool and I start to uh, wire my home with wool. Well, wool is not a good conductor of electricity. In fact, power doesn't flow through wool. It is a law that you can't change. And so if I was to switch the switch on and realize there isn't actually any power coming through, and complain and get mad with the electricity board for not supplying me my power. I would be the ro- in the wrong, wouldn't I? It would be foolish to expect wool to work. Well, in the kingdom, we can only have the work of God in the way he says it works. All the benefits of God's grace, which he wants to pour out on each one of us, only work when we apply the spiritual laws that are unchangeable. This is an unchangeable law in the Christian life. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. God gives grace to the humble. But the proud, he opposes so God, if you have, it's, it's almost like wiring your, your life with wool if you're proud. If you start to get a bit full of yourself and a bit kind of uh, self-assured and independent and doing your own thing, independent of God and others, it's pride. And it's like having wool. The power won't flow, but God will flow through humility. He will do miracles in our lives through being humbled and bringing ourselves into a place where actually it's not about me and I make myself low in God's eyes so that I can be lifted, that I can receive the grace. Proud people have really strong opinions. Proud people hold fast their opinions without being willing to listen or to take instruction or to be taught. Have you ever tried to persuade somebody who's proud that actually there might be another way of looking at something? It's like they refuse. They push forward their plans and their ideas. Their dogmas, their... This is what I think, and that's it. I've settled on it. But there's no grace there. There's no power. There's a lack of the anointing, the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. I think, I choose. That's another evidence of pride. I am making my own decisions. I am a self-made man or woman. Isn't that what the world celebrates? God opposes that. He doesn't celebrate that. He hates pride. He doesn't hate people. He hates pride. And he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I know about my life, you know, it's, um, it's a process of change. And that's what the Christian life is. We receive Christ, but then we are being changed. 
And one of the things that really I know God wants out of my life is pride. If ever I think of myself too highly, I know I get this convicting uh, work of the Spirit going on, you know, to, to oppose me. And if ever I'm wrong, God wants me to say I'm wrong. Aren't we really good at making excuses for the wrongs that we do? We can be so proud that we want to keep face and not look bad in front of anybody else. But actually, God wants us to say, when we're wrong, I was wrong. And it's a very humbling experience, and it happened to me this week. I, um, I was uh, in a moment with Pastor Andrea, and I got frustrated. And when you're frustrated, um, all kinds of emotions come up that aren't godly. Is this just me? Am I just humbling myself before you? Perfect lot. All these emotions come up and, uh, <laughs> and all these, these negative things. And I was trying to get a little bit mad. Why do you want to... And uh, anyway, uh, you know, we kind of recovered the ground and carried on. And um, I knew I was wrong. She, you know, we kind of, we finished our meeting and uh, that evening I'm praying and I knew I was wrong. So I just, I've known with the Lord, you know, if I'm wrong, I quickly say sorry because things are not good between me and the Lord if I don't. So I, and the, the easy, it's easy for me to say sorry to the Lord. I'm that used to it. <laughs> I don't mean I live a life of sin. I just mean... I'm used to saying sorry because I know when I'm wrong. I've got the Holy Spirit in me to convict me, and I, I kind of know that I know that I'm wrong. So I just, but I also believe in the in in the mercy of God, and so I say, Lord, I am so sorry for what I did. That was wrong. Thinking, brilliant, accounts cleared. <laughs> next day, next day, I'm praying, and I'm like, oh, things don't feel right. Why aren't they right? Why aren't I feeling? Feeling it today, the presence of God. Why don't I feel like my prayers are working? <laughs> and God wants me to give a message on giving grace to the humble. <laughs> you see, it's got to be a practicing what you preach. It can't be. For all of us, we can't just say this. Saying, oh, he gives grace to the humble means you will be humbled and you will be needing to humble yourself. That's what that means. It doesn't mean theory. So now, it pops up. You need to apologize. Well, she knows I'm sorry. Has anybody ever done that one? She won't mind. She loves me. She knows, I'm, she knows I was wrong and she'll, it's okay. She, she hasn't got a problem with me. And the Lord said, no, I've got a problem with you. <laughs> right? I'll eat humble pie. And I gave her a ring and I said, I'm so sorry yesterday. I was so wrong. And the flesh doesn't like it. Because we don't mind saying sorry to the Lord. But when we say sorry in front of somebody else, it just actually doesn't initially feel great to the flesh. The flesh goes, this doesn't, this, is, this isn't right. Especially, actually as a leader, if you're a leader, if you're a parent, if, if you're a boss, it's not easy to say sorry, but Christians live life differently to the rest of the world. They don't cover up their problems and God brings us out into this place where we're Walking in a way of humility. So I said it, and she said, oh, don't worry. I know you, you were under great pressure. And it's true. I was under a lot of pressure this week for some couple of reasons. So, and she said, she's so gracious. So she said, oh, don't worry. You were under a lot of pressure. I forgive you. It's not a problem. I said, and the thing is, there are no excuses for sin. Pressure isn't an excuse. 
for doing the wrong thing. Anybody? For being angry. Pressure is not an excuse. Pastor Judith, the Lord never calls me pastor. (laughs) But it doesn't matter who we are. He gives grace to the humble. And you know, one thing that really concerns me that I've seen happen in lots of people's lives is when they start out life as a Christian, they really need God. And he prospers them. They get promoted. They get successful. They get enough money. Before you were so desperate, every prayer you prayed was for the next 50 pounds coming in. But now it's not a problem. And, you know, it is often the most prosperous people that actually stop seeking God because they don't need to anymore. They think they don't. And they can do it themselves. And they can rely on their bank account, their skills, the position they're in. But, you know, the scripture says in Psalm 16, pride goes before destruction. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So God knows and tells us pride is very dangerous. It's not to be tolerated in my life or in yours. Don't do yourself a favor and humble yourself. Stay in a place where you're a servant and among the the saints of God, a servant of all. Be someone who lives to give to others and God will keep you in a place where you're receiving an outpouring of grace, an outpouring of favor. Saul started, King Saul, you know, I I love the terminology that Samuel uses in the word. He says, when you were small in your own eyes, God gave you the kingdom. Isn't that interesting? When you didn't think of yourself very highly, it's amazing what God gave. But when you thought you could do life independent, you didn't need to pray. If you don't need to pray, let me tell you, you're proud. Because it's it's an indication that you don't need God. And so... The prophet says to Samuel, when you were small in your own hours, God moved. There was such an outpouring of grace. He could prophesy. He could win battles. But now he became self-sufficient. Independence, which is what the world celebrates. But God opposes the proud and the independent. But he gives grace to the humble. So we can start humble, be a success, and end proud. And pride leads to destruction. King Saul was destroyed by his pride. It destroyed him. Pride will destroy relationships. It will destroy businesses. It will destroy nations, actually. It will destroy our children. God gives grace to those who humble themselves. Let's do ourselves a favor and humble ourselves so that we, when we are wrong, we say we're wrong. When we are so opinionated, we back off and say, hang on a minute. Is this a moment where I need to be taught something different? Because I'm not always right, only God is. And he teaches the humble his way. So humble people can actually be taught by God. I love the story of Naaman because to me, this is a picture of someone needing to humble himself and didn't want to. And I would imagine it's relatable to all of us. Have you ever needed to humble yourself and you didn't want to? No? Uh, In any area of life, maybe it's a leader you wouldn't choose. (laughs) Smiling. I'm still smiling. 
Maybe it's um, a connect leader, um, a type of worship, uh, uh, a style. Uh, I don't know. You just might not like stuff and you're like, you think you can do better. You know better. You, you can go better somewhere else. It's true. There will always be better somewhere else. But sometimes God says the place I've appointed you to be is the place where you'll receive the abundance of grace. Because it can be humbling to be in church where God's called you to be. can be very humbling. And uh, Naaman, he'd gone to the prophet. He had leprosy. He had a problem. Naaman was a king. He was a, sorry, he was a, he was a leader. And he was really victorious. He's a successful man. And he won many victories. And he goes to, he hears about this prophet Elijah and he goes to him and says, basically, I'm sick. Will God, your God do a miracle? And I, I love it. God always wants to do miracles. God always wanted to heal this man who wasn't even yet a Christian. So he, he humbled himself in a little way to go and see the prophet. But then the prophet didn't even come out of his door. He stayed behind it. I mean, rude. Okay, you knock it, you knock it past to Judah's door, stands behind. She, she doesn't, even, doesn't even say the word herself. She sends somebody else to say it. Rude. And uh, Naaman, I mean, he's an important guy. He's come with his chariots, his horses, his medallions. His bling, he's standing outside looking really important. His, his, the clothes he would have worn would have made him look, you, do, you, do you know who I am? Do you know how important I am? And he was, he was furious, the scripture says, with the word and with the way that he was treated. He was mad because the prophet says, go and wash in the Jordan seven times, dip seven times, and your health, your, you will be clean. Go and do this, and you will get the miracle of grace that God wants to give. Isn't it interesting how God doesn't just do a miracle in answer to prayer. He says, I want you to do this, and do it on repeat, and then you'll get your miracle. That's, that's the tester. Now, Naaman wasn't mad. I'm not doing that. There's better rivers back home. There's, a, there's better over there. Uh, I, there's no way I'm doing this. Now, the good thing is, Naaman did get his miracle, but he had to listen to somebody else. And that somebody else was a servant. Because a servant is humble. And they know how the kingdom works. They know. They understand. Actually, if you follow the guidance or the instructions, you'll get your miracle. It's not, God isn't going to circumvent the way you want your miracles to happen. He is going to do it his way with his word. And that means that you, Naaman, are going to have to get off your high horse and dip. Dip. Go down. And the servant said, Master, if the prophet had come and done something miraculous, supernatural, would you have done something, said something great, wouldn't you have done it? Oh, the Lord is so good. Sometimes we're asking God to do something great and he just says, give and then it will be given. A little word. Forgive. And you'll see a restoration in a relationship. A little word. A little word. We think there's got to be another way. Like with me, with Pastor Andre. There was no other way for me to receive grace than to say sorry. There is no other way but God's way. The only way that works. The scripture says all his paths drip with abundance. How many want the abundant race? Get on the path. He has plans to prosper you. 
prosper me? Plans. One of the plans. And for Naaman, the plan was to actually dip seven times. Such a humbling experience for him to take off his outer garments, which were symbolic of his position and success, and be like an ordinary human being. And to be told by a servant, actually, if you do the word, you'll get the results. He actually humbled himself. See, the joy is that even if you're proud and God is putting his finger on anything in your life this morning where you think, actually, I've become a bit independent, prayerless, doing my own thing, difficult to live with, I never say sorry. God might be just putting his finger on something so that you can say, I'm going to humble myself and do what God says because there's going to be a miraculous outpouring of grace. I suppose as a pastor, you know, when we had this vision last weekend, we know what the Spirit's saying and I can actually just see it all the time, this pot of great, great big pot of oil, which is speaking of the Spirit, speaking fresh grace. I suppose, if I'm honest, uh, you know, it, it'd be really easy for me to say, it's just going to happen. It's not. It's going to happen for you if you humble yourself. If you do what God is saying, there will be a fresh supply of grace. And so Naaman learned the secret. He said, basically, I'm not just going to be furious because... That's going to mean I'll miss my miracle. We all need people to speak into our lives things we don't like to hear. If the Holy Spirit can't do it, he'll send somebody. He loves you enough to save you from yourself. He really does love you and he doesn't want to leave you like that. And I want to tell you, marriages work where there's humility. Finances work where there's humility. Everything works where there's humility, where we rely and depend on him. And Mary, you remember when Jesus was at a wedding when they ran out? When things run out, let me tell you, if we do whatever he tells us to do and live life as servants, then we'll find grace to help in our time of need. An outpouring of grace in that wedding was a sign of God's abundant goodness poured out. And I believe there will be many signs where you see the obedient servants. If I'm honest, I believe there's something on that. There will be many signs where you see obedient servants. And I want to be one of those who partners with God to see an outpouring of grace. And the disciples believed in him when he manifested glory with that sign. There is going to be a manifestation of glory, but it came through servants doing things they didn't understand, didn't make sense of in their head. And often the Lord will speak to us a word that doesn't make sense. But if we will do it, it will produce more of the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit than we've ever seen. Praise God. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. How many of you heard the Lord today personally? Has anybody heard? Yeah. I've, I've really... Um, uh, I've... I really depend on the Lord for this because there's no way I can do this for you or even bring light. The Holy Spirit has to bring light. So, Father, as we stand before you, um, I thank you that you see everything already. You see um, where there's wool and you see where there's copper. You see where there's humility and you see where there's pride. But I, I thank you, Father, that you're so gracious. You want to pour out fresh grace upon all of us.
Lord, we just see with the eyes of faith your generosity, that you're an abundant God, you're a good God, that you are willing to pour out your grace in a fresh way on our lives and marriages and provision and work and missions and ministry to others, our fruitfulness. Thank you, Lord, that this is the picture that actually reveals how good you are. But there are laws, Father, by which you work. And one of those laws is that we individually humble ourselves in whatever way we need to. And so, Father, I pray that there will be a reality of humility not just words, not just talk, but we'd be clothed with it. That people would actually see it. We wouldn't have to talk about it. It would be something we wear. <laughs> like I'm wearing pink. That people will see that what we wear is we're humble people. Not opinionated. Thank you, Father. Now, if the Lord's put his finger on any one thing, two things, just say, Lord, I'm willing to, to make the changes necessary. I don't know what it is for you. I knew what it was for me this week. Maybe you've had a word and you've not been willing to do it because it's not what you wanted to hear that it would cost you in the sight of others to look like a servant or a less than person. Oh, God gives grace to the humble beloved. And you know, if we're willing and obedient, we will eat the fat of the land. Oh my goodness, can you imagine that? If we're willing and obedient, is there something you're not obeying God in? If you're not amongst the church as one who serves, let God put his finger on that and say, Lord, I want to humble myself and just serve where I need it, where I can. Jesus, you're among us as one who serves. You're the mighty God. And yet without this, Lord, we won't receive more grace. Thank you for a season of more grace, where more grace is being poured out upon us. Thank you, Jesus. Sunny, could you come and play? Thank you, Lord. I just want you just to spend a few moments just humbling yourself before God. In whatever way, bring you, make yourself low in your own eyes, or make yourself small. Tell the Lord how much you need him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bow before your king. I bow before you, Father. The father of all your family. You are Lord, I'm not. Your master. Jesus. been going my own way with my own ideas and plans I bring them under you I want to live a life that is led by you be my shepherd in truth thank you that you give victories to those who seek you preserve us from thinking of ourselves too highly, Lord. 
but in agreement and union with your will and your word. I thank you, Father, for a freshness in humility, clothed with humility as a church. pray too long but we do have to pray honestly God doesn't like lengthy fine sounding words he loves honesty maybe you've run out of something like that wine that came to an end maybe you're in great need well Jesus is here and if you do whatever he says It'll work. Do what the Word of God says. He is the living Word. He'll give you His way. He'll teach the humble how to win. How to win. And He'll give grace, a supply of power. You'll be wired for the power of God. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Make us more dependent on you. Sharing life, serving one another with the grace that we've received, Father, to give freely. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is meeting needs this morning by giving you instructions, by giving you a way to see life work, to see the benefits of his power. Thank you, Jesus. thing I just feel that's really heavy on my heart it's about spiritual pride you know what spiritual pride is you know the truth um, but there's a kind of haughtiness in your heart and the way you deliver that truth is like I know I'm right I know I'm right but when the truth comes from humility it's a different thing isn't it to humble ourselves and to speak to others out of a humility. Thank you, Jesus. The guy who was praying, do you remember him, the Pharisee, who says, thank God, he thought his prayers and his life was so good. He just said, thank God I'm not like that miserable guy over there who doesn't know how to live. He's a complete sinner. Look at me. I'm doing great. I'm just doing great. And Jesus says, that man went away, empty actually, humbled. But the humble man who said, God, I need you, was the one that God accepted. Father, I just want to thank you that your kingdom doesn't work like the world. That the greatest among us are the servants. And that there's such a grace that's going to come upon the servants in this house. Oh, Lord, just lift your hands just ask for a supply of fresh grace come Holy Spirit pour out fresh grace upon us in Jesus name come Holy Spirit come and bring a power and a grace to help where people have run out Lord I thank you that as they live in obedience to serve you there is going to be a fresh grace come. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I just want to um, share a picture that I've seen that maybe is just for one person or it may be several people here, but I saw a mouse trap with cheese on it. <laughs> and I believe what the Lord is saying, the interpretation is you've been 
really wanting something, like really, really want. Nobody may even know what that thing is. It's the cheese on the trap. And you've been doing everything in your power and kind of moving things into position so you can just get that cheese. And the Lord is saying it's a trap. If you really go for that thing, the, the trap will come down and you will be trapped. You will be trapped. And actually it can kill a it could kill a mouse, can't it? It could be, you know, pride leads to destruction. And actually, humility will be to back down and back off and say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. I'm going to stop going for that thing. I'm walking away. You may need to back down in your words by something you share and say to somebody else. Or it may just be between you and the Lord. I'm not even going for that thing anymore. I'm backing off. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah. Well, Lord, whoever that's for, I thank you that you've spoken, that that will save their lives if they heed the word. You know, the enemy often puts uh, cheese out, doesn't he? Things that are tempting that actually God doesn't have for us. And God doesn't have everything for you, by the way, everything you want. He's got his plan and his agenda, which is to prosper you, but... Going for the cheese is really what the enemy wants. And very often it's linked to um, just being proud and not asking God, but just saying, well, God wants to bless me anyway. What a stupid prayer. It's a stupid prayer. God doesn't want to bless you anyway. He wants to bless you His way. He wants to bless you in His way. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for all of us, Lord, that we wouldn't go for the cheese, <laughs> that we wouldn't be led into a trap, but that you, our good shepherd, would lead us your way. The humble you will teach your way. Amen. And Lord, I have to say I'm excited because this is a word that is counterculture because it's the kingdom culture. And I pray that we would walk humbly before our God and so see the power of God supplying so much more than just for us, but for the many that will be saved and taste and see that you're good through this abundant outpouring of grace. In Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.